Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix. Sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you're playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can, can, be, can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Also, you can private message me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TM. Or you can go to our Facebook page of HeroClix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I've run across about this wonderful game. This is the last day in January, and I'm recording episode 32, Memphis Belle. Yes, Memphis Belle, because it is the movie that reminds me of the great bombers of World War II and their great pinup girls they had painted on their noses. And we are talking in review about the Harley Quinn set. Me and my buddy Mark, Mr. Fantastic, a member of the, Mo- of the Illuminati, will be joining me to go over our own unique insight into the Harley Quinn. Now... This insight has been gained by us doing booster drafts and playing the entire case each of the Harley Quinn set. So we have a unique perspective on these figures and how they interact. So sit back, listen up to our insights into Harley Quinn. All right, I'm here with Mark, Mr. Fantastic Malone, and we're going to go over once again the Harley Quinn set. Yes, uh, we had a little technical difficulties last night when we tape this and I forgot to hit record. And so now we get to do it all again. So the technical difficulty was me not hitting the record button. And so we're doing another, and in, and I almost say this is in honor of Groundhog Day that's coming up. Once again, <laughs> this <laughs> that old Sonny and Cher song is playing in the background as we're sitting here doing this day all over again. So I know you've told me already, Mark, so we'll kind of go back through it. It's been a busy December. Everything's kind of been kind of crazy. Um, I've not been able to compete a lot, but I know you have. Why don't you tell us about your adventures right now in HeroClix and what's going on? Um, averaging one or two tournaments a week. I'm lucky enough to have two venues close by, one that has tournaments uh, on weekends and one that has them during the week. So I'm able to split it up. And, oh, and, uh, and I think that's everybody's wish, you know, to, the ability to go either time. I, I would think it'd be easier for me to go during the week because my days all mixed up anyway. Usually Saturdays become Sundays can become kind of crazy with family stuff and all that. Right. But I don't know what you think. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah it works. It, it definitely gives me some options. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, played in two tournaments in the last week and um probably i guess they average at least one a week over the last probably three months oh yeah and that's awesome and you know what you were supposed to have a pre-release tonight and i thought well one added benefit was we could hear a story from the pre-release and unfortunately what happened there uh they had an issue with the product being shipped so they've delayed it a week so <laughs> Ooh, I hope that doesn't happen to mine. Mine is Saturday. I can't wait to tear into it. It was kind of fun. I don't know what's going on. I've watched some spoilers, uh, but I know I have some hopes I pull, and I'll like to see if that that goes, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, Why don't we talk a little bit about what we've been doing with the Harley Quinn set? You know, what have we been doing? I'll, I'll... we're doing a review, but this is a what I call an informed or educated review. 
because what we like to do, I know me and Mark both get a case and we go through and we meticulously number what came out of what to case. We actually write that down because we're nerdy like that. And then <laughs> Mark will roll a 20 sided dice and we will play those booster numbers. And we keep track of what boosters we played. We choose to, and we do 300 point games. We do that. We've been doing that for how many cases now? When did we start that? Was that? I think with Avengers Defenders War. Oh, yeah. I think we did. We started it, and we just have continued that tradition. Um, it's been fun. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It, it forces you to, or gives you the opportunity, maybe, is a better way to put it, to play different figures and all of the figures and not gravitate just towards the, you know, the, the, the stronger ones. Oh, yeah. And we don't stop with, like doing a booster like we'll usually do two boosters and it's 300 points uh if we're getting towards the end and it's taking a while we'll, we might add three boosters and bump it to 400 and then even after we get through every booster then we'll go back and say okay you have to use one it's a 300 point game you have to use one figure from the last three sets at least one figure from the last three sets or we go you have to use at least two figure 100 points from this set uh, and we kind of start combining it with other sets. So we, we get a kind of feel of how these pieces are going to work. And we're throwing the fast forces and we try to play the maps. You know, we try to play the new maps, kind of get used to those. So we, we use this as a process to, you know, number one, it's never fun to buy a case and not use a lot of your figures. I mean, I don't think so. I love to play them. So it gives me a chance to play new figures. And we always try to seek to do that. Yep. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we jump into review is uh, Rock Online. Uh, Howard Brock put out a new announcement out there. They have started a new Rock website. That's awesome. Our podcast isn't on there because I have not gone out there and told them about our podcast to put on there. But they do have other podcasts on there. They, they're going to have a forum. They actually have a tab for the Rock Online tournaments telling you what you're going to need in order to participate in them. Uh, what I read today was you have to take a picture of your team and your maps. You'll have to know how to use D20, which is our system to move around in, and you have to have a chat. And you have to be ready for the tournament 15 minutes before it starts. So from what I understand, it would be like a scheduled day, and you run like a normal Heroclix tournament. You just get to sit at home, play on your computer, and go to your fridge whenever you want. I mean, to me, and you have your own access to all your amenities of your house. And if you want to sit around in your pajamas, you can and play Hero Clicks. Uh, what, th- what are your thoughts on Rock Online? I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. Here, here, here's some, some issues I see with it. Uh, number one, it is not a physical game. It will be completely online, meaning that you're not going to be moving your figures around. That's kind of a downside to me. I kind of like the way we play online matches where we put the camera up and I have figures and you have figures and we move them around the map. Slows us down a little bit because, you know, sometimes you have to remind me, no, you didn't place that just right. However, I like the tactile and the 3D feel to it. What are your thoughts? Well, I think we, I think we had a great discussion on this in the other podcast, but uh, uh, we can't uh, duplicate that. But yeah, I understand. I, I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, the uh, it makes it easier. And uh, one of the things I think we both do is, if we don't own the figure, 
the other guys playing will I, I typically get one that's at least the same color or a a different version if, you know, if you're playing a Batman I'll, that I don't have I'll use another one so it helps me keep things straight in my head since we're not you know face to face looking at the same board yeah instead of being these little tokens on a on a screen or something like that you yeah. know yeah and so that that and here's the other thing um it's not you, you you have the ability to win prizes at these rock online tournaments but you also have to pay an entry fee so <clears throat> it's going to be that uh you will be paying an entry fee to be in it it will win you um like points to the rock stuff. I think it's a great way to meet newer players and different players and maybe some top level players. I think it's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be really hardcore, but you know, it's kind of like a online poker. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which I have played some of my time. I have too. And a lot of those guys, <laughs> I, I mean, I have, and you know, they talk about when you go to um, a world series of poker, a lot of those online players come and start playing the World Series of Poker. Oh, yeah. But there's a small difference in playing online and playing in person. You know, playing online, you have some pressure. The pressure's different when you're sitting across from somebody at a map, people watching around versus in front of your computer. You know what I'm talking about? There's a, there's a different pressure. So to, to think that that's the only tournament you can go to and be a highly competitive player, you're going to have to do some actual tournaments in order to be ready for it however you can you can get a lot of good practice in and you can these tournaments will put you at a higher caliber player than maybe you can get around locally at least give you access to a lot of different players and a lot of different ideas so i'm kind of excited about it i'm probably going to try it out um hopefully i mean hopefully i do well who knows Uh, my my tournament luck goes up and down it goes right with my dice uh, and that's going to be interesting, too, because your dice are going to be controlled electronically. A computer rolling and not you. And, you know, you can get on some hot streaks. I've seen it, Mark. You have gotten on some amazing rolling super senses hot streaks. Well, and I've also been on the other side as well. So uh, That's true. That's true of all of us. So, so I don't know if the computer is going to give you that same hot streak magic. All right. So we're going to jump into our main topic. Um Trust us, people. Uh, that conversation before the main topic was amazing last night. <laughs> it was full of info. I wish I could share it with you. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's no recorded or any electronic uh, thing that shows that we were ever talking last night. Um, so let's go into the main topic, which is we're going to kind of review the Harley Quinn set. And I, we're not going to go down every figure. I'm going to say... We're going to get into the rarity levels, and I'm going to say what I what's my favorite figure out there, maybe my favorite one or two figures out of it, and why, and Mark's going to tell you his. And we're going to kind of go back and forth in different order, just trying to flesh out some pieces that we really enjoyed and to make sure that you go try them. There's a lot of good pieces in this set, and it just takes playing them out. And we're just going to give our take on what we found really fun in this set for different reasons. Like either it's a great meta piece, it's a great piece to sit up on your shelf because it looks pretty, or it's just a great fun piece. So uh, we're going to start off, and I'll start off, and we're going to start with the commons. Um, I had two commons. I went with Batgirl, which is number 15, and Wonder Woman, which is number 16. Back-to-back ones. And they're at the very end. You're going, okay, why'd you like them? Well, the Thrill Killer 62 
uh, trait was amazing in these figures. And for this Batgirl, the Thrill Killer 62 trait is when any character is KO'd by an attack, after resolutions, remove an action token from Batgirl. That's, a, that's cool. You, if she has a token, she doesn't have willpower. She doesn't have Indom. So if she has a token, your sequencing is important. If I can kill a piece with another piece of mine, then it all of a sudden clears her and she's able to make take another action. That's huge in this game. The ability to keep somebody clear and continually working. Now she has an end cap, which is very devastating since she has two targets. She has two damage with some uh, close combat expert. And she has a Batman team ability. And she has sidestep improved movement. And she has a little sneaky little trait included in her movement, which is once per turn when an adjacent friendly character moves, it may use improved movement characters. Which means that if she's standing next to somebody that's kind of tied up, she can give them that move, that ability to break away break away and not worry about a character. So I think that's used for some of your chargers and all that, and it's kind of a sneaky ability. She's only 60 points, and she has six clicks. That's 10 points a click. Any any character that is around that 10 or less points per click, you got to look at them. That's highly efficient point totals. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Batgirl, Mark? I, just, I know when we – the first time you played her against me um, – uh, became quickly aware of that improved movement, ignoring characters. Because I had a heck of a time trying to pin you down, and I believe it was a Joker I was actually going after, and and he was able to easily pull away as well because she was adjacent to him. So, yeah, I really like this figure. When I played it, um, if I remember correctly, this is the one that gave your Shazam some issues with that in cap. Oh yeah, um, she did, and and. and and kept me alive in a game that I really shouldn't have even had a chance in. So. And, and she's perfect to team with, and, and this is important when you go back, is that if you pull out of Elseworlds, the Oracle, who gives you that trait that any girl named Batgirl can give a free action to replace Batgirl with the Oracle, which, not that you use her every time, but as a certain against certain teams or when you have certain needs, you can switch her out for Oracle and Oracle gives you a flyer that can carry a lot of people. It gives you perplex on top dial and all that. So she just gives you some options with her. So she pairs great with her because Oracle's 55 and Oracle can't be more points than the person she's replacing and Batgirl's 60. So that five point difference isn't huge when you, when you run across a team that you really need that in. Right. So I think that's keep in mind with her. And also, fi- finally, for my common, is JSA Wonder Woman, which is HQ-016. Now, why I like her is because she's going to make your Justice Society teams awesome. Her big trait that makes her really cool, I mean, if she shares her defense, she gives energy shield deflection to a fellow JSA team member. Right. However, her big thing is that if she's within... Uh, her friendly characters, Wonder Woman and friendly characters that are within six squares of each other are considered adjacent for the Justice Justice Society team ability. That's big. So that is, if you look at Wonder Woman, an area of... I, I figured this up last night. It's a 13 by 13 area. Right. I mean, 13 by 13. That is most of the map. She's in the middle of the map. That means JSA people... Uh, as long as they're within, well, 
within six squares, they're just all considered adjacent. And I think I'm reading that right. Let me see. When Wonder Woman and Friend Cares within six squares are considered adjacent to each other. Right. So as long as they're within six squares of each other, then they're going to be able to, my math's probably off, but anyway, they're going to be able to share that team building. And you have some 18 uh, um, defense guys that now you don't have to worry about an energy explosion. You don't worry really have to be clumped up with those JSA guys. They can kind of move around. And she's not a bad attacker. She has She's only got four clicks, but she's only 40 points. She's got toughness at the top. She's got 10 attacks, a little sidestep. She's got empower with like a three damage. I mean, she can hold her own a little bit. And so I, I kind of like her. I think she makes just society teams just that much stronger. And if you had Joker's Wild, this, this figure kind of helps out. Uh, do you have her? Yeah, I was able to pull this figure in the sealed event and uh, put her on my team. I don't remember the other JSA person, but uh, it definitely came in handy. I kept her in the rear a little bit until we got down near the end of the game, and uh, I ended up winning that that event. And uh, she was definitely a nice figure. Having the sidestep helps. Oh, yeah. Sidestep is a huge power that me and Mark, since we took a break from the game, sidestep's that power that we're really just starting to realize the huge impact of sidestep. The ability to move two squares, you know, for free. That's big, especially with your RCE guys. You know, boom, two more range. Now, Mark, what did you choose for common? I went with a cheap figure but for the points i think he's well worth it and he's well dressed as you pointed out last night uh <laughs> hq004 big tony so big for, tony so for 15 points three clicks deep so using your you know handy dandy math formula five points a click but the nice thing about this guy is and he never loses it he gives perplex now, you have to keep him adjacent to, to do the perplex, but with sidestep, um, that's generally not a problem. You can carry him. He's got that underworld team ability, so he could tote some folks around as well. But uh, a cheap, cheap perplexer. He's got amazing hair, and I think I even got an attack in with him once a range shot, and I, you almost forget that he has range of his own. Uh, not that he's a big, you know, a, a big, a big hitter or anything, but uh, he's definitely as cheap as, as it comes for uh, Plex. Oh yeah, and he's trying to bring back the old fishnet shirts. I mean, that is it has to be a great figure. I mean, and what did you do? You found his. Well, as I say, I think you found your Halloween costume for this year. So. Oh yeah, there you go, a little seventies <laughs> throwback. And did you find his doppelganger on Seinfeld? Yes, yeah, he looks very similar to the episode where Elaine's boyfriend, Tony, uh, George gets a crush on him, so. There you go. Uh, Seinfeld fans, go collect your big Tonys. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody needs a 15-point perplexer. At the end of the day, if you don't have a theme team, you're going to look at this guy and go, well, you know what, I can always use perplex. I got 15 points left over what I want to fill it with. Especially when we come to limited where you're not allowed to use resources. Those 15 points... If you're building a team, you don't want to leave 15 points on the table. Right. That's 15 points your opponent can have. So what can you fill it with? This is a great this is a great figure to fill it with. Um, I don't him being three clicks. He usually can be one shotted. He doesn't have a great defense to protect him. However, having three clicks allows him to be pushable. 
He can push himself and still retain his perplex if he needs to move a little bit or get to some different places. And I like to sidestep so he can get a little breakaway if somebody bases him to kind of help protect him. And so, I mean, I agree with you. I love Big Tony. I, th- I think he's got a place. I think you're going to see him. He's going to pop up on teams. Um, he's very u- utilitarian. He's not going to break anything, but he's just a neat little piece. You need perplex. You got 15 points. You don't have really a theme. Throw him on there. He's going to be good. Yeah. All right. He, yeah, I mean, come on. The man looks so 70s. So 70s. I'm, I, I saw staying alive flashbacks. <laughs> so let's go to the uncommons. Okay, the uncommons have uh, a lot of different stuff. So we're going to start with with Mark here. Mr. Fantastic, give us your your what you thought was the standout click in the uncommons for you. Uh, for me, this was a, a no-brainer. Uh, it's the HQ-030 Robin. Uh, for 40 points, you get Batman team ability. You get five range with a couple of targets. Uh, you get charge. You get... Uh, combat reflexes all the way down his dial, so if he's in hindering, you're going to have to base him, uh, or most folks are going to have to base him to hit him, and when you do, that defense pops way up. Um, he can hurt you with his three damage. Later on, he picks up close combat expert, but as you mentioned earlier, Shay, he's got that, that terrific trait, the Thrill Killer 62. Uh, when any character's KO'd, he gets to remove an action token, but then even better, the hunting vengeance for Robin trait. When he's KO'd, give an action token to each character or opposing character within six squares. Yeah. Um, you and I, it, you've used this against me. Um, I played in a tournament over the weekend and I was about to kill the other guy's Robin with some poison and he knew it, so he just pushed his Robin. Um, to kill him on, on you know on purpose and threw all those tokens out on the guys around him so um it's just a really nice figure for 40 points oh yeah and, and going back to my math that's he's only you're only paying eight points a click for all this stuff right i mean he's he's hard to kill at five clicks deep you're not going to one shot him with a lot of characters i mean you have to one shot him he's got five uh range you always forget about that my love is that when he's ko'd you know he gives an action token and it does not depend on line of fire you can be behind a wall but if you're within six you're getting an action token i remember when i played against him uh i had to work around that trait you're always you're having to move your team you're having to split your team up because you don't want that action token grenade it's a tempo thing and that Robin for 40 points is a tempo grenade. He can get out in there. You can base him. He can go be a tie-up piece, and that 18 defense is going to be annoying. You don't want to waste your outwit on his uh, combat reflexes. Uh, it's going to be He's going to be a hard kill. And he can do some damage. An 11 attack, 3 damage. Oh, my. He can hit you. And so you're, 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 you're having to deal with this threat for 40 points. And if you kill him, you're still dealing with a threat in that you've now tokened up your team that's around. So you're always having to split your team up. And I remember trying to work around them, and you really messed up my strategy on how I was going to move stuff. And I had to just kind of scatter because I was getting ready to kill them. And you have to think it through. So he, he pr- provides a little bit of a puzzle when you go up against him. And I think some people are going to struggle dealing with him. I think he's 
he, you run into that dilemma of do I try to do a breakaway from him so I can go hit the piece I really want to hit or do I want to waste my action on this 40-point Robin who's going to then put another action token on me? Right. You know, and you're sitting there going, well, I don't have any, but as soon as I kill him, I'll all of a sudden have two. So I'm going to have to clear next turn. So he's done his job, which pretty much held you down as I get ready to, as you, as your opponent gets ready to do something else. So I really like this. I think he's a competitive piece. I think he's right up there. Somebody's going to break him. Somebody's going to find a way to make him even more nasty and kind of go from there. Great choice on the uncommons. Now, I went with the guy right in front of him on the 029, which is the Batman. Um once again, another thrill kill. We have we are now going over all the thrill kills. <laughs> I mean, right. we I, we've already gone over thrill killer sixty two. Um, KO when a character is KO by attack after resolutions remove an action token from Batman. So if you have all three of these guys on a team together, and somebody dies, all three of them will remove an action token. That's that's brutal. Uh, the reason why I like this guy, he comes with two team abilities and. Coming from old school hero clicks, wild cards love multiple team ability people. And he gives you two team abilities that wild cards can copy the Batman team ability and the PD police team ability. Both really good. Uh, he's going to be 70 points. He's got a little full range, but he starts with top dial, which is important. He's got, he actually transitions into a running shot, higher defense with in cap. Pretty good. And he also has this trait called Enemy of Corrupt Cops, which friendly characters' defense values can't be modified by opposing characters. Perplex right now, I think, is huge in being able to manipulate people's values. And so he pretty much says, you can't mess with my defensive values. If I if 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 my guy is a 20 defense, you can't make you can't put perplex on us to drop me. And that that means you're going to have to hit my defense, my defense, wherever it's at. You can't modify it. I think that's a huge thing to be able to do. Now, you have to protect him so that he's always on the board to do that. But he's got six click dial for 70 points, a little bit more than the 10 points a click. But I think he brings enough to justify that. Like, um, I think that's 12, a little, like a little over 12 points a click. So... What, so what do you, you think? Well, I was going to ask you something. I was thinking about this character. Do you like this figure better than Shifting Focus Batman? No. Yeah. I, didn't, I, <laughs> I mean, it's no, a it's figure it's in and of itself, but for 10 points less. No. No. I mean, we're talking inside the Harley Quinn set, and, right. and I, I really like him thematically. He looks cool. He goes with the other Thrill Killers, which – You've played Thrill Kill against me, and they can cause some problems. The Fast Forces has has Thrill Kill. Also, the Fast Forces set has three really great Thrill Kill um, pieces. Um, so he is great inside the set, the top dial wit. But in actuality, the versatility of a shifting focus Batman for ten points less. Yeah. As, at, it's it's really hard to beat, especially yeah. since we added a really good Batman in Elseworlds, which we, me and you both have trouble shifting, focusing him out because of what he can do with his perplex. So, no, I do not. But there you go. Way to beat it out of me there, Malone. Oh, I was just curious. Uh, 
but yeah, I, d- I do like this figure. I know when you played against me with this figure, uh, it gave me real real problems. Anytime you got a stealth and out with a start, that's that's a tough combo. Right, and I would also say that looking at him in sealed, he's a very good piece to pull. Mm-hmm. He gives you that outwit. He gives you a PD team ability, helps you with range. In a sealed event, he's going to be really good. In a constructed event, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to look at the shifting focus Batman probably for 10 points less. I don't know that he gives you more than that. But but I, he's not the only one I liked in the uncommons. I also like the two dogs. Yes, the two dogs, Bud and Lou. They're both pretty cool. Bud brings you Blades, Claws, Fangs, Super Senses, and Probability Control only on opponent's turns. And Lou brings you a guy with combat reflexes, shape change, and he has poison. And if you give an action token, it does penetrate. Now, what makes them really cool? They're only 25 points each, but if you have a Harley Quinn on your team, they automatically pick up all her keywords. So they add to your thematic. They do it during force. They do it during force construction. So they add to uh, what you go for your theme team prob, for your map roll, and all that. So I think that's pretty cool. They bring something different. They're really good thematically with Harley Quinn. They're good in here if you pull them in seal to place with a Harley Quinn because they give you trouble. Their little top pieces are just annoying. Uh, you had trouble with them. That probability control with uh, from Bud. Mm-hmm. I remember. You, and his super senses, it's just annoying enough when a character has super senses, you know, and he's got blades, claws, fangs. So you got to kind of be careful around them. What are your thoughts on the dogs? <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Uh, these figures, I, I agree, for 25 points each, they are, I've used them and I've had them used against me. Poison, blades, uh, shape change. I mean, it's just, and like you said, I, I think you really need a Harley with them just to take full advantage, um, even if it's just for the sidestep and you're not worrying about a theme team, but giving them that ability to, to move around when, when Harley has moved uh, makes them extra effective. And, yeah. Uh, you're right. They're perfect for to throw tokens on for, for theme team probs as well. So, You know, I'm, I'm just kind of scanning through this uncommon section. There's like three or four more figures I really like in this section. I mean, I, I consider this a strong, like your uncommon slots, pretty strong in Harley Quinn. I mean, I'm just looking at uh, the Prime, Big Barda, mm-hmm. Scandal Savage, uh, the Harley Quinn at number 17, the Bombshell one. Those are all really good. That Scarecrow, is that the flying one? Oh, yeah, that Scarecrow's nasty. Uh, so, and even Red Tornado. I mean, yeah. so if you look at it, Harley Quinn's Uncommons is a pretty strong slot. You know, I'd, I'd say 60% of them are really good. Pretty good. Hive Commander's on there. Yeah, he's, I think Hive Commander was good. I mean, obviously with the right team, but um, I think he's he, he's got five range and psychic blast. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and running shot. Uh, probably the ones I don't like. Eh, well, no, I, I'd say it. They're all pretty good i mean duchess maybe i don't think we've played i don't remember you even playing duchess or a renee montoya um, or renee montoya those are two probably i need to break out and play just to say i played them and make sure i'm um i'm not just looking at a dial and making a decision without putting it because we have found out that sometimes 
you can think you know how a figure plays, but once it hits the mat, it just plays a little different. Mm-hmm. Some you think will be awesome or or a load of crap, and some that you thought weren't any good, all of a sudden work for some reason. You know, and it's just the way it kind of works out. I do like the Scarecrow with the cool power where if he can get your defense down to 15, you deal, you know, you deal damage. All right. And so I would, I would suggest, wouldn't you, that, you know, really – I mean, if you got time, focus on some uncommons in Harley Quinn and see what you can do with them. Because, I mean, there's some really good ones out there. And I think if you focus on them, you can maybe come up with some combinations you've not thought of before and maybe figure some stuff out. I mean, beyond what we're saying. But anyway, so we got the uncommons. Let's go to the rares. And I have a very solid pick in the rares. And there's several out there. And even the rares is decently strong. Um but the rare I really like is Enchantress. And I, I mean, there's what's not to like about her. She's got about six clicks for 75. So she's a little bit more than 12 points a click. But I mean, she starts with phasing teleport, has an eight range. That's huge in this modern, modern era. Anybody with eight range is all of a sudden what used to be for us, 10 range. You know, it's like, okay, here's a sniper. Anybody with eight range is a sniper. She has an 11 attack with psychic blast, 18 defense with energy shield. So if she's a range piece, she should keep her out of the way. Her phasing is going to keep her away. She does not have Endom. She's 75 points. She has these great keywords with mystical. Mystical is an amazing keyword. Forget anything else. She's going to be great on a mystical team. And she does have a negative is she has suicide squad team ability. But if she dies, you have to reduce your action total by one until the end of your turn. That's not good. She dies, and then all of a sudden, you're one down in your actions. But she does have, if she pushes to her second click, she's got channel mystical energy, penetrating psychic blast, steel energy with closer range attacks. So she has a way to get back to top dial. She keeps that for three clicks. So she can push off of her top click and then... After she clears, she can push. She can then attack to get herself back on top click. Attack value is the same. Defense is the same. It's a mirror one except for she has Psychic Blast with still energy now. So she, you shouldn't be afraid to push this girl. What really drives Mark crazy is her next power, which is kind of random, <laughs> is at the beginning well, of your turn. Let now me go ahead. interject for a moment. One of the reasons that you're liking this figure so much is when you played her, you destroyed me, and when I played her, you steamrolled me. So there's a halo effect on this figure. And it's a halo it. effect? <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, you know, don't sit there and, and, and blame poor Enchantress. You I'm know. not blaming Enchantress. I'm just saying. Don't blame the tool, man. You, you have a positive use... <laughs> opinion of this figure, and, and that's the reason why. But I actually, I'll actually, i let you finish. because oh, I'm positive I can play this figure. We, we're going to still wonder if you can. I played yeah. her till win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. A little, a little trash talk in there. Uh, the trade I was talking about, her first three clicks, she keeps she has probability control her last three, which is always great to have probability control. But her first three clicks, at the beginning of your turn, you roll a die six. And until your next turn, if you roll one to three, she gets an enhancement and support, great powers. Or she can get four to six, she gets perplexed in the Mystic's team ability. I'm just going to say it's weird how that can just work out every so often. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah, it's just it's it's uh, perplexing. 
Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> Every time Mark wanted to attack me with one of his characters who didn't have anything kind of defense, um, she would always land on that perplexed mystics team ability. It would tick him off <laughs> because because he'd have to make a decision. Do I go up there and hit her and take a click of damage, which he did not want to do yeah. because he's trying to keep his dial up there. And so she became this piece that just was annoying, and he finally had to make some decisions. And the 18 naked defense, even though it's eight, I mean, it's an 18. That's not a guarantee to hit. I mean, 11 attacks, that's still a seven roll. You know, it's not like you're rolling fours and fives. You can miss that. So anyway, I like her. I think she's very flexible. She has a lot of ability. Uh, she She's range. She can do some damage. That psychic blast helps her. What's not to like about her? What are your thoughts on her? Uh, I really liked the figure. I just kept rolling a one, two, or three when I really needed to roll a four, five, or six, and vice versa for you. So, right, yeah, this is a, this is a really good figure, but uh, I just I had bad uh, I had bad luck with it. But I do like the sculpt. The sculpt's one of the cooler ones in the set. Well, here's the other thing. She kind of reminds me of what we've gotten away from, and we've gotten kind of uh, lazy on. Is that you kind of really need to know her dial and know how to push her right past where where she wants to land, you know? Is if you know her dial, you know when there's an opening, like when you're not rolling mystics, I need to go ahead and hammer her and get her to a point where she's really nothing more than a little prop, prop fodder, you know, and just leave her there um, because she does lose some effectiveness on her last two clicks. I mean, they're just okay yeah. and. It's just getting her down to that. You just have to realize you you take your opportunities with her, but she's a thinking figure. You got to know what she's going to do and how she can be used, and just kind of go take advantage of it. All right. So, what what is your rare that you liked? Uh, this is a figure I've ended up playing quite a bit in local tournaments, and obviously when we were doing our boosters. But it's the O thirty seven Batgirl, um, and. Is this our first bombshell figure? Yes, this is our first bombshell. Yeah, yeah. But that, and there'll be more to come on bombshells as we talk through this. But uh, this figure is one of my favorites out of the out of the set. Um, it's uh, a mere seventy-five points. It's got uh, a bombshell uh, trait, which we haven't really talked about. But in her case, when Batgirl makes an attack, tar- targeting doesn't have to land it. She gets bombshell token. If she has two action tokens, she can remove two bombshell tokens, make a close attack as a free action. Um, so that's, you know, that's cool. But in my opinion, what makes this one special is her other trait, uh, Bloody Bell of the Bog, where she uh, has traded still energy and stealth. She does not have, you know, any Batman team ability or anything of that nature, but she does have traded still energy and stealth, and she starts the game on click three. So she's able to heal past her starting line. Um, she uh, has uh, super senses on uh, the last four clicks. Um, but the cool thing about that is if she's attacked by someone with wing symbol, you bump her uh, defense by plus three. So she goes up to a potential 20 defense against range. So you want to get in there and get close, but... Her starting clicks, she has uh, hypersonic speed, five range. She's got precision strike. Um, and with that steel energy, there's a pretty good chance she's going to heal uh, past that starting line. And those early clicks are nice. They, she doesn't have hypersonic, but 
You've got charge. You've got blades with really high attacks. You've got impervious with high high defense, eighteen, and some uh, her damage goes up to a four with close combat expert. Or excuse me, um, exploit weakness. Um, but later in her dial, she does get hurt a little bit. She picks up perplex. So this figure's a little squishy in theory, but with stealth and being able to. Uh, use hypersonic and get away. I've had pretty good success keeping this figure alive and healing her up past that starting click. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I really like her. Anything, any any character starts with a precision strike, uh, eleven attack, nine hypersonic is a good character. I didn't like the fact you have to keep this in mind is that when she does heal past that starting line, she's going to jump down to charge. Right. So you don't want to run her out of the ability to follow up an attack. Uh, she does have a little range, so that kind of helps out. Getting her up above her starting line is the goal. And she, man, she feasts on, on pogs. She, she just, she just loves to run around and one shot a pog right quick. I mean, that's, that's her, as you sit across with her from a pog army, she is the one that's going to gobble them up. I say she's also good against colossals. Anything that's one to two clicks deep that she can kill immediately. Uh, I think she's going to be really good with. I mean, she's um, taking energy from them, and she's also uh, trimming down your team. She's she she's she doesn't have end on, but you could. She's quite pushable because of her steel energy. Yeah, I kind of like that. She once you get her to a click, then you can continue to push her. Uh, the the World War Two flying ace. I wish she kept it towards the top of her doll, but it's pretty cool her ability to get up to twenty, especially at, where we have a dependence right now to have a lot of wing characters on our team. She all of a sudden becomes a lot harder to hit. I know Enchantress can even can even try to hit her at an eleven on a twenty. That makes it kind of. I found that when I'm playing her, you know, I guess you are in the local venues that if the guys know what, what she's bringing. It's almost like she's, she's immune to, uh, uh, to, to, to the wing symbol folks. They, they don't even attack her unless there's absolutely no other option. Now I think I did not attack her with the Robin we talked about. I faced her based those two and then just outwitted something on, I think, and just, I mean, he had a roll of steel pretty good, but I mean, he can, I think he one shotted her. I upped his damage by one with a, with a something, and he, he one shot her. And it surprised me at the time because I thought I was going to have to deal with it more. And he said, no, she's out. It's like, wow. But she has that potential to be very hard. So I really like her. And as a bombshell, she's really good. She's probably uh, straight up, she's the most fun straight up bombshell, maybe that we've played. I would say I don't have a couple of the ones that you have that are just as fun. But, I mean, I, if we look, too, at this rare set, it's pretty good. We're not, we're not even talking about the prime Harley Quinn, which is a really good one. I don't think either one of us pulled it. Right. It has some interesting. But Kite Man for 15 points is a great taxi. Yeah, I like Kite Man. He's great and sealed. Yeah. And we finally have a TKer that's a monster, a Jeanette. So she brings TK to the monster team ability. Still got a couple of uh, other bombshells. Stargirl, who I am still waiting to fall in love with when it comes to bombshells. Not not the greatest one. And we got a thrill kill Joker, and I'm not too in love with her, though. But, I mean, there's other stuff out there. Uh, Queen Bee, 
she can be interesting. Lack of willpower. I guess going back through this set, I didn't realize how much of the lack of willpower in Indom is out there in this set. Yeah. So you got to remember that if you're in a sealed environment, Indom's going to be huge. And if running without Indom means that NCAP becomes a big, big power to use against non willpower figures. So. Something to keep in mind. Let's go to super rares. Uh, just kind of going through this. Uh, my favorite super rare to play so far has been, and I played it two or three times. It's Harley and Ivy. I really like that figure. Uh, why? I don't. I don't know. It has a calculator team ability. Batman enemy. They start with a really good eleven attack. They have Indom. They've got a six range with double targets. Uh, they start with two special powers. It's kind of weird. They have a middle dial section. They got a beginning. They got a large middle dial section. They got an end section. So they got two clicks at the beginning, followed by four, and then two clicks at the end. Uh, the middle section's kind of eh, hit or miss. The two bookends are really good. Um, they have an 11 attacks to start. They also get uh, in a white power incapacitate poison smoke cloud. Harley and Ivy has protected poison. So you uh, it sounds like you can't poison them because they're protected from poison. They can use incapacitate as free, but only to target an opposing character occupying their smoke cloud marker. So they can sit out smoke cloud markers and then in-cap somebody. Only can target one opposing character, but that's pretty big. To surround somebody in smoke, which then gives you a little bit more protection, and then hit them with some in-cap. Uh, they do have, I read online that they do have to be within line of fire, so you have to be kind of careful around that. Um, set them up for me, Rez, another power they get that's in their mid-dial, and this is what makes their mid-dial well, is when Harley and Ivy attack a single opposing character, modify attack and damage for each acting token the target has. Now, when I've played Mark, I have used that to the best of my ability. I always go after the two token figures. Yeah. <laughs> and that gets her... I was going to say you you seem she's definitely a, a free act I guess play in the and you seem like you didn't like the second act as much but frankly playing you that feels like when you've done most of your damage um, is when you're able to use that set them up for me red uh, power and just just hammer me when 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 my guys have tokens on them at two tokens I usually get a four usually you have four damage and a twelve attack right and that's pretty nasty. And then here's the thing. You have to be very careful with this figure because you can knock her on her last two clicks is where she gets really kind of nasty. She jumps back up to an 11 attack. She's only got 17 defense with super senses, but she gets three with uh, outwit. And her last click is a 12 attack, 18 defense with super senses, and four damage with outwit. So she goes out with a bang, and you have knocked me onto that last click every time I've played her. Yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately very familiar with click eight, so I'm hardly an ID. <laughs> yeah. Have I ever actually KO'd this figure? No, no, no. You've, you've always knocked her onto that, and then she goes on a killing spree. She just goes <laughs> after you. She just goes after you. Uh, I mean, the Batman enemy is really cool. She can share her attack value, which never gets below a 10, which is really good, I think. Um, she's 125 points, so you're investing a lot, and she's not a flyer. She does have a little sidestep. Um, I, she she does have sidestep stealth on her two beginning and her two end clicks. 
and she ignores Henry and Trey when she moves. So a, a Wakanda map does not bother her. It actually helps her. Um, so her on a Wakanda map is pretty cool, and I think we've played her both times on a Wakanda map, and she moves around. Elevated trains where she struggles. Uh, blocking train wouldn't bother her that much, just like it would it bother her as much as anybody. So her limited range really doesn't mess too much with the office. So I like her. That's why I like her. She's, I wouldn't say the most meta of all of them. There's better ones out there and I want to save them, talk about them a little bit later, but she's fun. And I want to give you a different perspective and our experiences. You should try her at 125 points. It's a lot of investment, but she's a fun figure to play. And I think at your local venue, she, she brings a lot of fun. I mean, she also starts with perplex with three damage. She's not totally out there. And Here's my other thing. Could she be a ID call-in? Maybe. She could be somebody that could sit there and run a teleporter. I'm calling figures in. She could call in a green arrow. She's got enough points to call in some of the higher point figures that you need to do a lot of damage. And she's got that perplex to perplex them up. Uh, she's hard to kill. And if you get her down into her lower clicks, she becomes very nasty herself. So... I mean, she might be a great calling figure. I don't know. So, what do you have any other thoughts on her? The only thing I'll add is you, you touched on it there at the end. She's tough to kill. The last time I faced her was in a tournament, and I I just decided to leave her alone, and I went after other figures on, the, on his team. Uh, I just seemed to never be able to, to, to get her out of the game, and uh, I just tried to avoid her at that point. <laughs> Or avoid, uh, avoid them, but again, that's another one with a really cool sculpt. So, oh yeah, yeah, her sculpt's up there. So that's another reason why I like her. So, well, who was your super rare? Um, well, I guess I'll preface this by saying I've actually gone back and forth on this, and this figure is one I didn't actually uh, pop in my case. I bought it later, um, but King Shark has moved to the top of or near the top of my favorite clicks to play um this figure if you can if you can get it set up just right is a killing machine for 90 points so and i know you and i've talked about it and we'll talk about it now but um um king shark 90 points you know using his top dial um kind of traded with the six of us uh, power so if you can get six exactly six figures on your team he gets some cool cool things he gets all of his combat values uh plus one to those he gets improved movement hindering terrain and he picks up stealth so he's getting around he's tough to see and he's he's tough to handle um he also comes with traded sidestep and um what really makes him shine is if he is in water terrain you can move him up to a speed value um and then he starts off with exploit weakness and shape change so if you look at his dial itself he starts off with nine speed but again if you've got six figures that's buffed to ten you've got sidestep so that would technically he can move 12 spaces um, and again, if he's in water terrain, he can move him up to a speed value. So you could, in theory, move this guy uh, 12 spaces. His attack would be bumped from 11 to 12. His defense goes from 17 to 18. And his damage goes from 4 to 5. And he's got flurry. So 
if you can get water under this guy, and there's some things that you can do to make that happen, he can move that that many. He can move 12 spaces and do a flurry attack with a 12 attack value and five damage. And uh, I played the tournament just today and was able to pull off this this little feat and. Within two turns, 200-point figures were on the sideline for my opponent. So um, now he's he is definitely killable, and he's only got toughness to start. But that shape change helps a little. Uh, he picks up steel energy late in his dial, and actually, when he gets hit, he picks up involve. So his damage reducers actually go up. But uh, this figure is just a uh, he's a he's a damage output specialist. Say your thoughts. I agree, and you also have a fifty-point version of him. He does have two versions. He's and and we look at the ninety because it's such a killer. But I mean, we've talked about it. The one problem is, is that when he goes and does it, he's stuck there for a retaliatory shot, and he doesn't have willpower. However, building a team around him is not beyond it. I mean, anytime you build a team, it's taking a figure that you really like, that you like something about him that he does that kind of defies the rules of Heroclix, I believe. And in this case, his ability to move for free, his almost his entire movement, and then make an attack, which has flurry with it. And he has, and if you can get his plus ones, you can do some insane amounts of damage. And I, we talked about it too. He has the ability to one shot two characters. Right. I mean, he can. The way dolls are set up now, he can one-shot two characters, go up there and smack one and smack another. Um, he's only 90 points, so he's not even a one-third of your team investment. Uh, so you can get the other six characters up there. I think he's fun to play. We talk about King Aquaman as a great piece to go with him. Not my idea. I saw it on a T3 video. But, man, you used it tonight, and you can tell me. Is, is it effective using him with King Aquaman? Yeah, it was, I put Aquaman out there and dropped down a, uh, a water terrain token and moved King Shark to it, and my opponent sort of, I, I, guess, he, I guess Aquaman became bait. He started worrying about Aquaman and moved up there next to him, and uh, uh, King Shark just cruised right on up and, and, and dropped the hammer. Um, I, and you mentioned the 50 point dial and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but in my mind for the extra 40, you get the extra, you know, two extra clicks and with toughness, that's helpful. But the key is that flurry. So you get two extra clicks and an extra attack in theory, um, for those extra points and, uh, and a little extra damage too. So, um, yeah, I've, I've really, and again, you and I are just sort of tinkering around. I think we'll be able to fine-tune some teams with this but i think this guy is going to be played a lot i i I think you're going to see he's going to be an outlier winner at some tournaments um or at least an outlier outlier placer and and i'm gonna i'm gonna caveat this when when we talk about highly competitive tournaments uh somebody that brings a king shark to a tournament like that King Shark, I call him an outlier because most teams that are going to show up with that are going to be these normal kind of established competitive teams. So when you look at the overall, if there's 30 people there, you might only have one or two King Shark teams. For for them to place and have to fight through these normal 
the normal competitive teams. That's why you see more of the normal competitive teams play. So they're very established. King Shark's a little bit unestablished. Players are going to know the best way to attack a King Shark, if you're looking at him, to be honest, is to get him off that plus six trait. You can't have him have that plus ones. That's just too nasty. The other thing is that you you should attack King Aquaman. You can't allow him to get those water markers, but there's no way you can get around it. Uh, Probably basing him with somebody he doesn't want to waste his attacks on is your best bet. Um, And let King Shark kind of be handled that way. Um, So I I like King Shark. I, I agree with you. I think he's awesome. And you know me, when I see something good, I automatically want two. So I'm already thinking of a double shit King Shark team. I think it's ridiculous and it's stupid, but we talked it out. Um, the best map for King Shark, I believe, and I would love to hear from other people out there if they have a better map for King Shark. I think Wakanda is about his best map. It has a lot of water on it. has the ability, has a lot of stealth for him because he picks up stealth. He ignores hindering terrain, so it doesn't really bother him. If you do have somebody that can, you know, so he's going to give him some extra defense. The water gives him extra defense from range. So I, I think he's good. I think I think his untapped potential is going to take some crazy skilled, uh, brave guy to go take him to a WKO and try to win with him. But he has a potential. I mean, he could get nasty. Yeah. I mean, if you he could I mean, really get you nasty. Got the animal keyword. So if you wanted to not worry about a King Aquaman, but just try to win map role, you could you could build a pretty cool animal team. And I use Farag with him, so I could flex up his. His attack value. I think my first attack, I had a with the plus one and the plus two from Thrall, I had a 14 attack. So definitely not going to miss very often there. So you've you've got some options, and I have. A, I think this guy bears some additional thought as to what you can do to make you know to really bring him out. Yeah, and that's what it's going to take. I, I, you just play around with him, and you're going to see a lot of different things. And here I, I'm looking once again. We can look over this super rare slot, and there's a lot of really good figures out here. We didn't even talk about Nightshade. We didn't talk about the title character Harley or the title character um, uh, Joker. We didn't talk about the 200-point Harley or her prime version, which I love both of them. We didn't talk about Sand. I thought we'd talk about some figures people aren't talking about, but really, you look in there, and we'll talk about it. I mean, really, what is the worst figure in the Super Rares? Giganta or Lashina? I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I do like all these figures. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've I, some people haven't liked Sand, but I actually think for thirty five points, Sand is really good. Oh yeah, with the JSA, he's got the eighteen yeah, you defense. JSA, you get RCE, you get Endom, you get pretty good defense. You get Frog later. I I don't, and of course, phasing teleport, and then you can use force blast just just to annoy you. Yeah, which is it's really good to be able to <laughs> the the ability to move eight anywhere on will move eight and then just blast yeah. you off a wall, right, or knock you out where you know somebody can then take a shot at you. I think that's a good figure, and it's got a cool sculpt as well. I think, and it's more relevant now with flyers too, since they now take elevation change damage. So before you didn't, you're knocking a, a, a flyer off elevation. He didn't take any damage, but with the new rules, when he goes off elevation, he takes damage like a normal character, even if he is a flyer. So, 
And he's got he's got Indom. So for forty points, you know, once again, he's got thirty five points, four clicks, mm-hmm. less than ten points. He's a figure you should look at. Yeah. So that all being said, I mean, we put what we thought we've enjoyed playing. And I've enjoyed the sculpt and the playing of Harley and Ivy, but the super rares are all pretty amazing on this. I'm not going to say competitive amazing, but they're fun to play. And I think that's another great judge of a set is that there's a lot of fun pieces to play in here. They do a lot of different things. And inside a sealed environment, they're very good. Uh, inside a competitive play, I don't know. That's going to kind of work out. A lot of these aren't that great competitively. They are great at your local venue on theme teams and, you know, just want to run something different. Like you ran that King Shark team tonight. And you mean, what you didn't tell people is that you're running basically a battle royale and you took out two teams with him. I did. Yeah. So I think the element of surprise was uh, helpful. I don't, at least one of the guys didn't know what King Shark could do. And he was the one that stepped into the bear trap first, but. Or the shark trap, maybe. <laughs> there you go. The chum. He became the chum in the water. Yeah, he became. That's it. All right. So now we're going to get to some of the most anticipated one, which are the god chases that came in this set. Mm. And there's a lot. I wanted Shazam. I think Green Lantern looks cool. Batman, God of Knowledge, all looks cool. But if I had to choose one that I wanted to go with, and this, and here's here's the real reason why I actually pulled him. And I think for his point total, he's going to be kind of crazy. It is going to be that Flash God of Death. Now, here's the big thing is that he's going to start with a 14 speed, 11 attack, 19 defense, and 4 damage. Those are great Flash numbers. For only 125, and he has the JLA team ability and the Quintessence team ability. Now, uh, he has Precision Strike, he has Hypersonic, and he has Super Senses to start his dial at. He's only six clicks for 125, so it's a steep price to pay, but you get a lot. He ignores hindering train for movement. Opposing characters within six squares and lower points can't be healed, so he can shut down teams from being able to use steel energy, be able to use regen. You can't use it. You can't heal up. You're done. Forget about it. He also has soul harvest. He has permanent steel energy. When opposing characters KO'd, after resolutions, heal the flash of God of death one click. The KO character and the character, if he KO'd the character and the character was 75 points or more, also remove an action token from it. So no matter if he can heal by steel energy and if somebody dies, even if he didn't kill him, he can heal. Yep, and then he gets to take the action token off if he's the one that delivered Did the blow. If there's 75 points, yeah. So he's he, there's no he just a wind up toy running around smacking everything. Yeah, and it's he, it is he's a handful. It, he's opposing characters. However, um, it has no range or line of fire either, so it can happen across the board, and he heals. Right. Um, he does start with the his first three clicks pretty standard. Uh, his last three, he actually j- transitions over to impervious and probability control and phasing, but he gets a special attack power, which is precision strike free if he has zero one action tokens, make a close attack. So he can phase all the way up, take an action token, and then he can make a close attack. Right. He's 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 a guy you're going to have trouble catching up to. Uh, his one downside is that if he gets past that first click, which has happened to me on a Snake Eyes, he jumps into 18 energy shield deflection. 
And in all reality, I'd rather take 19 with super senses and 18 with energy shield deflection when it comes to having to deal with um, like close combat people. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, so anyway, that's my guy. I think he's great. I think he's going to see some competitive play. Anybody with a 14 speed hypersonic and can do that much stuff about non healing and he can heal and he can stay alive. I think he's going to be there. I think especially once we start rotating out high damage clicks. Okay, he's got that six. Once you start having clicks that start with three and four damage, it's harder to get them to the point where they can one-shot them. You know? Well, you and I also, I think we talked about this. If you put him on a team with Peace Machine where, you know, the, the, the damage is limited, it sort of levels the playing field for him against some really high damage figures. Oh, yeah, because you're not really doing him more than two clicks of damage to anybody so peace machine didn't hurt him as bad as it does them because then that would put him on his start of his impervious clicks yeah and so it just kind of slows down the ability to kill him and with the quintessence he's not going to be outwitted so you're going to always be struggling with that Mm. um well there's nobody who's going to one-shot him with with peace machine whereas you nearly one-shotted my flash in that one game i think you had the hulk with some heavy object or something and oh yeah for six if you could have gotten it but yeah i mean i i went for it 19 is not an easy thing to hit and you still have that super senses roll right i think personally if you want to be evil and this is a guy you want to keep alive i say you put the mirror on him (laughs) (laughs) people hate life because the moment you do get by the mirror He's going to have his shot with his super senses. Right. And keeping him top dot is the key. Yeah. Just keep him top dot. But uh, who, so which of the God chases did you go for? I struggle with this one, and I think you know this, but uh, it was between Batman, God of Knowledge, and Lex Luthor, God of Apocalypse. And I really had a hard time. I love both of these figures, and I've played games with both of these figures and had good success. But I think I came down on the side of, of Lex. Um, I just had a lot of fun playing this guy. Um, he's a big, big point investment, 250 points at the quintessence team ability. But he's got lots of colors on his dial and lots of uh, lots of crooked numbers as well. Um, the cool, some of the cool things he does improve targeting, so he ignores hindering terrain and characters. So you're not going to hide very easily from from Lex. Um, the cool thing here is the God of Apocalypse trait, posing characters within six squares and lower points, which is essentially everyone, can't, <laughs> can't reduce damage by more than one. Um, I think I played him in a term, I guess, the 230-point chase suits, and he was a lower points and had to deal with this, this particular trait. Um, it starts off with running shot. Um, and this is one of my favorite things that he does. Uh, when Lex hits with a range attack after resolutions, they may use TK at no cost to target a hit character. So you hit somebody and then you try to TK them and bring them up to, you know, to where other figures on your team can, uh, can do some damage to them. Um, that's just a really nice thing. And the look of surprise on an opponent's face also makes this a little better. But to a certain extent, the next thing is even more nasty. He's got Invincible, this first three clicks, and Mastermind. So (laughs) I I generally kept the Pog near him 
just in case. And I think I used a pog to soak up a little damage once or twice. Um, but with outwit, with you know, he's invincible. His his running shot. He's got psychic blast. You know, later on he picks up sidestep and super strength and and a few other things. But those top two clicks, which are hard to get him off of, are extremely difficult to handle. What do you? Oh, think? and come on, tell everybody your your new favorite combination with him. I mean, it's well, not for a three hundred point game, but a four hundred point yeah, game is yeah. For a three hundred point game, is tough. But four hundred points, I was able to put Tyrannus with him and flood the battlefield with those annoying pogs. And uh, you could top. You know, I, I mentioned the soups, uh, chase soups. I kept those pogs on him, so he was sort of forced to deal with those. Meanwhile, uh, Lex is sniping away, and. Uh, Soups couldn't even, you know, reduce the damage by more than one. <laughs> just, it was just a lethal combo. Um, but yeah, I think he he's good if you can put some other people around him just to slow down the other guy and uh, let him do do his thing. At two hundred fifty points, the mastermind's harder to come by. But I think with a four hundred point game, Tyrannus is is perfect because they're both rulers. So you kind of build around that. Yeah. Uh, Lex Lex flies twelve attack with that psychic blast and outwit. Um, eight range. He d- he ignores hindering train and characters, meaning that he can hide behind a character. You can put a wall of pogs in front of him, yep, and he can shoot through them. Yep. And so it makes it mm-hmm. eh, almost impossible to handle. And you know, even those little Tyrannus pogs, I think they have one damage. So with his special power, they can still damage these characters. They should never be able to damage. Right. Right. And, and that's where it really hurts. I mean, not that they have a chance of hitting people, but still, their ability to maybe hit is terrible. And, but here's here's the thing. All these god figures suffer from the same thing. And this, this is something I remind myself every time I'm going to face a god figure. Almost to a T, I believe, in looking at them, it is three clicks. You have to deal three clicks of damage to them to get them off these special powers that make them so nasty. Yes. I mean, you've got to do it to Lex. You have got to hit him past three, and then that invincible mastermind goes away. And he's a he's I'm not gonna say he's easy to deal with, but he's more manageable. All of them are like that. They have to get past those first three clicks. Those first three clicks are their god clicks, and they will just wreck you. Uh, after that, I think they're a lot more manageable. But those top three clicks are the ones in which you just kind of deal with the character and try to make sure that you get that strike in and that you get them past that. Uh, He's probably the hardest one since he has that ability to see through all that stuff and can surround himself with stuff. I don't know how I'd build a 300-point team around him, but he looks intriguing. And maybe there's some stuff coming out in the new Uncanny X-Men set that might work with him. I don't know, yeah, but yeah, you, you yeah, want to play him. Yeah, but yeah, if you want to make him work at 300, it's going to be difficult to not have him just eventually get swarmed. But uh, yeah, at 400, he is a handful Four hundred with Tyrannus. I, I I stole that idea and and met a guy at my local venue. I met um, Brian. Brian was awesome. We were out for snow, and he I said, "Hey, you may want to meet." And Brian said, "Yeah, he's a teacher too." So we kind of met there and we played. And I pulled that team out. I forget who else I put on that team. And I pulled that team out and we played on the back side of the Bifrost Bridge. And he had a Deadpool. All the chases from Deadpool champion and all that. Mm-hmm. And I had that and I 
just dominated. I mean, it's just a domination. I mean, there, there's so many pogs out, and they're just running around. Travis was in the back. Uh, I was moving things around, and and Lex was just destroying characters left and right. All these little Deadpools laying dead everywhere, and controlling the range of fire. And it was kind of neat game, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, I just had to try, it. and it is so powerful. Lex feels so powerful in that kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really cool. So I agree with that. That's, that's an awesome chase to pick. So uh, those were our opinions on the Harley Quinn set. Some figures we really liked. Uh, it's not going to be the best figures in it. It's just kind of fun stuff we like to play. You should go play them. A uh, lot of experience here. We 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 actually played these figures. We sat down and played games on them, and we found out one or two things. Some it depends on your matchups. If you put together a team and you have no improved targeting hindering terrain and you face a stealth team, good luck. Don't not sure you're gonna win a lot unless you have a lot of chargers. Um, so sometimes it's matchups, but uh, usually playing those games also gets thinking about ways we can use pieces, don't you think? Yeah, it does. And actually, one thing that we probably need to talk about before we. You know, in this, in this is the bombshell team because we didn't. Oh. oh, yeah, we didn't mention. Thanks for bringing that back up. Bombshells, probably for me, is one of the real reasons to collect this set. Is that I thought WizKids did an amazing job of putting together a bunch of pieces with a new mechanic. And Mark kind of went over these bombshell tokens that every time they attack, not that they don't have to hit, they just have to attack, they get a bombshell token. And WizKids thought it out and kind of put some unique synergy on it. And while they're not great at 300, at 500 points, this team really starts to really come together and shine. And you've played them at a 500 point, wasn't it? Have you played them at 500? I played a 500 point tournament with them. Yeah. So what'd you like about them? You had the official kind of go around. I've I've seen them in action. I've played against a 500.1. And the guy was just kind of, well, let me have a, say something else i also believe that the 500 point bombshell team is hard to run in the fact you have a lot of mechanics going on you have to be very careful how you're placing them however they're very their potential is huge if you can if you can drive them right they can really dominate a game and the guy i faced was struggling with getting them going and i just got kind of lucky and was able to with that guardian team start picking apart his key pieces. But I would say if he had played a couple more tournaments with him, he could start dominating at a 500-point level. So why don't you tell us about your experience and what you found out well, with him and all I that. I guess, in, in my opinion, the one that you have to have on a team is uh, Zatanna. And I almost talked about her uh, as, a, as my favorite super rare. But w- with all these tokens that you're picking up throughout the game, uh, you know, most of them you, you, know, you can use if you're – as a, clo- as a free close close attack, well, you may not want to have a close attack or have your person in you know down in the trenches. You prefer them to be out sniping away. But Zatanna allows you to take take tokens, um, any number of tokens from among friendly characters, and give them to a single friendly character with the bombshell keyword. So she's basically um, you know the 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 collector, and then I, I guess she's Robin Hood. Um, but she's handing these things out, and she really makes these figures uh, shine at that point. Uh, Mira, you know, can, can 
can stand there and can withstand some serious uh, attacks and just burn those bombshell tokens to avoid damage. Um, I know Wonder Woman was using them in the game against you where she can uh, remove bombshell tokens and you know up to the damage dealt by an attack when it's a range attack and then deal X damage to you know, opposing characters that are close by. Just all kinds of options. Um, I think out of that set, Supergirl is really good. The, the hypersonic one, I, I prefer the 160. I think she's definitely one you want on the team. And of course, Batgirl. And Supergirl also gives you super senses if, if uh, bombshell folks or are, are keywords are adjacent to her. So that's an underrated item. Um, I don't know. I really, really like these figures. You, you could use any combination of them. But my, you know, I feel like Zatanna has to be on any of those teams. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. One thing I do like about the bombshells is that they have a consistent uh, trait, which is the every time they hit, they attack, they get a bombshell token. Oh yeah, yeah. But they have different uses, a very huge variety of uses. I think more than headline tokens were when in Deadpool. So I think this is a creative use in how the bombshell tokens we use on different mirror. That's crazy. The ability to reduce damage with that. You know, Zantana's ability to move them around. Um, So that creates this kind of dynamic and kind of makes it a little bit more complicated of a engine to run when you have the bombshells out there. However, it makes them a lot more fun. You know, their versatility, their ability to kind of manipulate some stuff can cause havoc on your opponent. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, and that's that's what we love to do is just to create havoc for our opponent. At least I do. I like a little chaos. My opponent just be going, "Oh my gosh, can't this is all driving me? I can't figure this out. I'm getting killed here." You know, yeah. so uh, Mira is one of the best figures in the set, but when she starts racking up the bombshell tokens, and she can get a lot for herself with her quake power. I remember that game that when you and I played her, I was. I was on the ropes, and she just became practically invincible there for for a few rounds. You were struggling yeah. to get her <laughs> to get her under control. Yeah, yeah. She she drove me crazy. All that reduction of damage. Yeah. But I mean, and I think I think she's. I think the bombshells as a group is is one of those teams you just kind of collect and you go run them. And five hundred point level is a great level to run them at. Uh, I haven't tried them at six hundred, but. Me and you don't like 600-point games as much as we do. I think 500 is like our top end. But they run really well at 500. You just got to go practice them. And I say everybody should go try and run a bombshell team because they're just kind of fun and learn that mechanic. Yeah. But, I mean, that's our set review. That's what we got out of playing. Um, wanted to talk very briefly about um, a new – idea that has come out uh wesley allen summers posted it out on facebook it's nothing secret but it is the ability to how to handle that negative title character title abilities that when you use title builds we're talking about title characters and title characters can use plot points or game plot points but if they use plot points or game plot points they have to attack a character well, Wesley has brought up that there's a character out there that allows you to kind of get around the negative of it. And the thought process is, is, is the Fast Forces Penguin gives a loyalty token, which gives plus one to attack and plus one to range. However, 
If you're adjacent to a Fast Forces penguin, any character can attack him for free. And after they attack him, they can place the loyalty token on any character they want. So the thought process is, is that with the title characters whose plus one or negative one ability, plot point ability, is a what I call non-aggressive ability, meaning that you're probably not going to be attacking during this, or it's an ability that you use in the background, that they use that, then to keep Penguin, Penguin, beside them so that they can do the free action attack. Just put the loyalty token back on the character that it was originally on. But that satisfies the requirement of attack. So Mark, what do you think about that workaround on the title character? Do you see any big uh, benefit out there? Or is it just, oh, that's really cool, but it doesn't really give you a good advantage? Uh, well, I, you know, you and I talked about that a little earlier. I need to think on that, but I think it has potential. I won't say it's you know game changing yet, but it would be that penguin is what what twenty five points. You get a, right. you know, a decent team ability if you want to try to copy or stack them with some other Batman enemies, and the ability to get those those plot points is is really nice. And um, I've only gotten one title character all the way up and then cashed them in, and that was a Doc Strange. And that was a really nice, <laughs> a nice thing to have in a game that went quite, you know, quite, quite some time. So yeah, I think this has potential. That's right, and, and I think Doc Strange is probably the one that benefits from it the most because his his plus one plot ability is basically to use perplexed up your defense or damage or something like it. it's damage. I think you I mean, can up your damage yeah. uh, modify adjacent friendly characters damage value by plus one this turn so, so yeah so so that ability to do that to get him a plus one it's not really an aggressive ability you're not going to always be attacking with him there's sometimes when he's pushed that you're wanting to use that ability so keeping a penguin next to him at 25 points with a loyalty token on him which would then increase his range to an eight i believe I don't have him in front of me. I think he would be an eight and his attack value up to a 12, maybe. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty big. I think that's, that's pretty big and worth it. Um, and his uh, big ability you're trying to build to is pretty good. I think anybody with a, like we talked about maybe Loki, but Loki kind of handles his damage differently. Um, Joker and Harley Quinn tile characters could probably use this too you know because their abilities aren't that thor's terrible for this i don't think you want to use thor with this because thor's ability i can only see as an aggressive ability your plus one is always going to be aggressive maybe the other two are not aggressive but i mean i mean i'm wanting him to attack other characters not penguin you know he he needs to go out there so and maybe there's title characters coming down the road that will have that same impact but um yeah i was just thinking out of the new set that's coming Professor X, what is he? Uh, oh, offering the characters within range modified defense plus one. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, you could basically get a. Uh, that actually is a, a pretty nice thing to always have going on. Huh. Yeah. And if we're looking at his title character ability, um, wait, which number are it? Is the Dreamer? Is, it, is that the one? The Dreamer? Yeah, the dreamer, and if you can eventually get him up to nine plot points and then cash them in, 
friendly characters reduce damage taken by an additional one. Now, granted, you've got to go. You've got to have a long game to get all the way up there. But man, that'd be nice. All right, and he's a uh, no. He's only fifty points. So him and Penguin together is only seventy five. Yeah, and he's got TK. And so yeah, this is a this is a piece you're not one to attack a lot with. So yeah, I think Penguin really work really well with him. Yeah, because he could do you the can free action. The TK, yeah, you can use him to TK and do other cool things, and then, um, yeah, and then have the free attack on Penguin. So this figure might benefit quite well from that. Yeah, this would this would. I mean, he's a little squishy, but Penguin also up his range to an eight. Well, he is squishy, but having an eight range, being able to TK, uh, he's got shape change as a little protection. Mm-hmm. So Magneto, yeah, yeah. he uses all friendly characters within range, modify attack plus one. Yeah. But yeah, but he's more, got... Yeah, he's more of a... An aggressor, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he's more offensive for sure. I'm, if I'm having to attack, maybe if he's pushed, I'm doing that. But yeah, no, I like... I think on Professor X, the dreamer, you're right. I think you're going to kind of want that. I think that's... That, that'd work. There, there we go. There we go. It's just... Thank you, Wesley, for coming up with that idea, which is awesome. And it gives us just something new to play with and gives us some more options with our title characters. I kind of like that. And just decided to discuss it today. I think it needs to get out there. I think that's a brilliant little strategy. Now, I do we, we're getting ready to end. I know it's been a, a little bit of a longer one. And um, it's what? Ooh, it's 11.51 here. Golly, I got to get up and go to work. So we're going to do some viewer questions. Uh, me and Mark's talked about some of these. Uh, we had a small discussion. I was a uh, – Mark was a – well, let me say, I was very adamant in my selections, and Mark was still like, I'm not too sure I've been out of the game so much. But um, these questions come from Malcolm, our man in Japan. That's right, the international man of mystery, as I've called him. <laughs> Malcolm, the man who stands at the gates never to be able to go in and play Hero Clicks. He loves Hero Clicks. He's only played it a couple, two, three times, I think, when I did the podcast. And, you know, he loves this game and he follows us. He's always listening to these, these different podcasts. So here's his questions. Number one, it's the best set of all time. I'm going to say mine first because I said it first. I was very adamant about it. It's Legacy. Legacy is my f- is the best set of all time. Mainly because every time you opened a booster, you had a figure that was competitive and able to be played at a high level. I mean, it's so many great pieces in that 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 set extended its life over several other sets. I mean, you were still pulling some of their pieces out, and they were still dominating games. And as Mark pointed out when we was talking about it, it's the introduction of feats. And back in the day, that became the only way you could give basically white power, the special powers to your hero clicks, those little quirky ones. So to me, that was the great mechanic came around and they're just dominant pieces. And they had some iconic sculpts and like Ares is one of the favorite ones I ever pulled. Um, And it might have been too, because I was... trying to come up with something for Lint. I was getting into Heroclix, and I said, hey, I need to back off. So I chose not to collect Heroclix during Lint, and guess what came out during Lint that year was Legacy. 
And when I when Easter finally was over, Legacy was sold out, and it's, it's one of the quickest sets to sell out, and you couldn't find it anywhere. It's, it's still co- it was costing two to three times the amount that you normally paid for it. So I never collected a lot of it. So it might have been where, you know, it's one of those where, you know, you always dreamed of having one. And, yeah, I wasn't able to get it. But I think Legacy is the best set of all time. What are you going to say, Mark? Well, I don't know that I'm going to argue with you. Um, it, it was funny taking a walk down memory lane. And I do think that set really – it definitely took the game to the next level. And obviously, over the years, it's become much more refined and sophisticated. But that, with all of the different – um, I, I'll, I'll use your word. The white powers were able to bring in with, uh, and the the figures in that set. A lot of them were just really, really fun to play. Um, my personal favorite was out of that set, the KC Green Lantern, which I played over and over. We couldn't get rid of it. Again. We could not. You trick shot a pouncing Spider Man and run around shooting through him. Yeah. That was just crazy. Yeah, with a Moloid. Um, they all had the KC Flash with a 20 defense starting. Uh, you know, the, the 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 dials were a lot deeper in those days, but the num- but the actual stats on those dials were not the same as today. But uh, there were definitely a lot of fun pieces out of that set. The the uniques in that set were were really good. Um, my favorite piece out of that entire set, um, a lot of people would believe this, but it's that veteran wildfire with his, his uh, running shot, four damage, um, and he also had wild card. Yeah, the oh, superheroes wild card. Yeah, yep. yeah, I love that game. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at worst set of all time. Um, my criteria for worst set of all time is really just a lot of pieces I'm not really liking to collect. Um uh, kind of a low ability to, you know, like generate any interest or create figures that are competitively balanced. Uh, I've been going back and forth and usually it's one of those sets that doesn't have a lot of powerful figures. I like all of like some high power figures or some really good support figures. And um, one of the worst sets I think of all time that I'm sorry I ever collected was collateral damage. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're going to tournaments going, oh, my gosh. And we're doing a sealed of collateral damage. I'm like, oh, man, this could be one of those tournaments. There's not a lot in it uh, that that's, I think is great. A lot of uh, low-point figures that don't have a lot of good use. And you know, it's not anything I want. I think Clayface. I remember Clayface in that collateral damage. I thought he was uh, okay. I, I don't think I liked him that much. But, I mean, I'd say collateral damage. I Just not yeah. something – you didn't like Sinister either, I think you were saying. And, but, yeah, collateral damage did not – it certainly didn't excite me at the time. Yeah. Uh, here's Here we go. Surprise set. Set that you heard and did care about, but when it came out, you were shocked how good the set is. So what set went above and beyond my expectations? Um Yeah, to be truthful, if I'm going to be shocked, uh, I would say, and it's just because it's recent, I can't remember back, but I would, right now, if I had to make a decision, it'd be, it would be coming down between Elseworlds, Avengers Defenders War, and the, the Mighty Thor. Uh, if I had to be totally honest, the one that has surprised me and I have gotten the most use out of, and I keep going back to it, it would have to be the Mighty Thor. 
I mean, I was kind of stoked for it, but it was way better than I thought. But understand, Avengers Defenders were about second on that. It's interesting. I, I probably would have agreed with you, but going through the Harley Quinn review, I realized there are a lot of pieces out of this set that I really, really like. And I wasn't ultra excited or, or negative about it, but I do really like a lot of the figures. And the bombshell mechanic being added has really, has really been sort of interesting and cool. So, yeah, I, like, I, like, I like Harley Quinn. There you go, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Okay, so his next question is, so a uh, set that, this number four, a set that needs to be redone besides FF. Hmm. <laughs> I, okay, I, I can give you criteria on it. I think we need another cosmic set, uh, Galactic Guardians type set. You know what I'm talking about? The one that's going to, a full set that has more of, and maybe it's coming up with Avengers Infinity, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I'm a person that's always like Quasar. Um, God, if we could get a ROM, I would love ROM. For all those people out there that know who ROM is, the old Space Knight, I think that'd be cool. You know, I think a cosmic set needs to be made. Um, a Thanos, all that. So like a Guardians of a Galaxy type set. I know we only had one not long ago. But it, I think that one needs to be made or what we talk like one of my favorite sets of all time is like a crisis set. Some people are tired of Superman, but I thought the crisis set was pretty cool with all the different things they had in it. But what are you thinking, Mark? Uh, for me, it's just, please, we need Fantastic Four uh, at that point. <laughs> we said besides, didn't I, I say? I know, but I'm, I'm stuck on the FF. I, 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 I want Surfer and I want all those guys. And I, want, I want the FF and... Mr. Fantastic himself, of course. <laughs> That's it. He, his well, I, think, speaking... I just think it'd be exciting to see what they could do with FF now. So, Oh, yeah, with Thing. I think Thing, Invisible Girl, and Human Torch, Mr. Fantastic. I would like to see a good definitive Mr. Fantastic piece. Yeah, somebody that can you know, outwit no matter, you know, he doesn't need to have line of sight, maybe just within range or. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of cool things like that. Yeah, I, I can I can see that, or a ability to have a three range plasticity, and he, right. you treat him as adjacent, and it's like yep. oh crap, you know. So he's tying you up. Um, here we go, number five. The set make that makes no sense why they put these characters in it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That was a harder one. Any, yeah, I don't know if I have any any thoughts on that one. Yeah, I hate to say I hate to say it. That one. Well, okay, yeah, I do. I do, and we're gonna come back to this. And guys, I, I mean, I, I hate being the person that keeps beating up one set over and over again. But what if? What if? I mean, not the rares. I mean, some stuff, but there's some stuff in What If. I was like, really? That's not even the best alternative to put in there. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. Maybe maybe you have a different opinion, but I thought What If is the weakest set we've had in a long time. And that's the one I shake my head at a lot of the pieces I see in it. I'm like, yeah. Uh. It has some figures I really like, but I know the Chase figures in there didn't, didn't excite me at all. <laughs> well, and I would say anything... Um, all the different Spider-Man just weren't different enough. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Elseworlds, we got very different 
feels to those characters. But what if is like, uh, you just move some powers around. I, that's still not a true alternative version of it. So I guess that's why I say that. But moving on, we'll go to six. Oh, well. I think, well, number six is most disapproving, really hot. But when the set came out, it was all crap. Uh, wait, I, do we go back to what if? Do we I, beat? I, I think I think you're pounding on poor. Okay, I'm not going to say what if. I'm not. I'm not going to say what if. Um, let's go back. I'm looking through. I would say um, disappointing. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I've been playing a little bit longer. Oh, well, I do. It's the Civil War storyline organized play. Um, it's not a full set. It's pretty decent, but you... I, Mark, you weren't around then, but the only way you could get these boosters is if you went and played in these tournaments. That's the only way you could collect them. So, you got in there, and they kind of got kind of weak in that everybody's either 80 or 70 points. So it's easier to keep track of the math. <laughs> and I mean, there's some good figures in there, but a bunch of stuff. I mean, you won't see, I thought that we might get one or two pieces out of this set that might make some competitive noise. And I have yet to see any make any competitive noise. So I don't know. That's probably the most disappointing set I've seen when it comes to it. When anyway, do you have an opinion? I don't think I do on this one, Shay. Disapproving. Well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure you'll come across it later in your Hero Clicks career. Those were great questions. Um, one last thing, and I, I'm just going to ask this last question. Mark has played the, and I find this interesting. I just thought of it. The Star Trek starter. Oh yeah. And why don't you give, because a lot of people, me included, when, uh, are very hesitant on the Star Trek, um, probably cherry-picking it. And I'm, when I say cherry-picking, I went out and bought a starter set based upon what you told me about it. So how did they play? You know, you look at it and you're like, eh. But you played them in an actual 300-point team game, and you, you have yeah, experience. I, I did. Um yeah, I haven't bought any of the actual set, but I did buy that Fast Forces. And as she as you know, I like to try to play the Fast Forces set. So I'm usually just curious how they work together. And sometimes I'll drop a piece or two and try to replace it and make them better. But I took the uh, Star Trek Fast Forces set just to a basic 300-point tournament. And I think everybody there thought I was crazy when I put them on the table. Um, but they were shockingly effective. <laughs> I ended up winning my first match very easily. Uh, the second match I lost, but the team that uh, my opponent was running had a lot of stealth and poison and things that are, you know, sort of kryptonite to uh, a team like this. But um, when you start out, everybody's got a plus one on every single uh, uh no, or every single value, uh, combat value, because of all the different traits. So, um, and then they get a plus one on their speed because of their United Federation of Planets team ability. So, 
um, it was a very effective team. Um, you know, every, uh, see what I think Spock bumps up attack by one. Mr. Scott bumps up damage by one. Just being on the board, as long as they have the Starfleet keyword, McCoy is plus one on defense. Uhura's range and Sulu is speed. And Kirk has a interesting trait with if you know when he's KO'd. But yeah, I think I, I don't know if they were if I was. Um, uh, just underestimated, but that team really played well together. And, and it could be a kind of bombshells effect too, in the case of Wiz kids just put together a really synergetic three hundred point team. Now, none of them are flyers, but you didn't really see that problem with them, did you? You never had uh, that problem in them. Yeah, we were. It's funny. Everybody I played was fine with just these, you know, open one level map so i so, so a couple of things you know worked out to my to my benefit but i know the first game i took out a, a tournament team and wow he to a certain extent he was he uh made a couple of errors early he was trying to get objects equipped and knowing that he's going to burn a couple actions i was pretty aggressive and went after him and uh once i got the early you know the alpha strikes in he was wounded but I eventually just surrounded him and uh, took my pot shots until I took him out. So there you go. So I mean, so give it a try. You know, if you're struggling to put a team together, just grab the Star Trek Fast Forces, take it to your local venue, and go have fun yeah. with them. That's, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling any inspiration that day, so I just took my Star Trek guys. And sometimes that's what you do. So I mean, and you know what? Made me go out. It comes with a map. And then, you know, I want to go try them because they, they seem to be decently put together, kind of like the bombshells. And you know what? They'll bring something. So I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, Mark, do you have anything to add? Nope. Nope. Oh, that's it. oh wait. I, you know what? We forgot. You know, this is what happens when you do Groundhog Day. Um, what are your goals? Remember, I asked you that yesterday. What are your goals this year for HeroClix? Do you have any? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, we talked about this. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we talked about this on the uh, earlier podcast. But when we went to Origins last year, I was just getting back into the game, and I felt clueless half the time. And uh, I, so, when we did that team event, as fun as it was, I didn't do very well. I didn't think I, I played very well. So, really, my my goals are pretty small. I just like to to do a little bit better job in our, our team event at yeah. Origins. And I, and I, I think I, I think we will. But um, and, and the guys I played were all really great. One of them gave me some, some friendly advice after the – I think we played four matches, and after the third one, he yeah. gave some advice and told me to be a little more aggressive with my team. And I, I was the next match and, and won it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Origins. Okay, see, team infinitely challenged is going to make a mark this year. Yeah. Everybody know we're going to get better pools, we're going to be better players, and we're going to get hopefully into that top realm. Infinitely challenged is coming. We're coming for people. I think we got it this year. We're coming for you. We're we're, we're going to practice. We're going to be ready. And wow, probably and that's going to be crazy, Mark. You realize that. Probably they will be running the tournament with that Avengers Infinity War set. Yes. That's going to be crazy because everybody's going to have a colossal. Yep. 
or some kind of vehicle. So that's going to be that's going to be a weird way how they're going to do boosters like that. I mean, because usually get two boosters, so that means we'd have six colossals between us, colossals or vehicles. Oh my gosh, everybody'd have that. That'd be crazy. That might be a crazy match. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. I agree with you. I my goals will go to a couple more WKOs and maybe a couple of rocks and do all that, but we should have fun. And if we keep getting better and playing this game, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you got nothing else to add, add Mark. Uh, just a shout out to Chip and Brandy. If they're listening, since they've become recent listeners to the podcast. Really? I did not know Brandy was listening, but Chip. All right. There you go. All right. So some ex coworkers, current coworkers of Mark. I'm glad to have y'all listening in. I'd also like to shout out to my guests, everybody who's been on the podcast. They've been awesome. They've been very helpful. Uh, John Carl, who's been uh, another guy who plays online with me and has been a testing partner and sounding board. Thanks to Matt Riddle for doing the logo design. Michael down in Puerto Rico, just keeping clicks live in Puerto Rico. Jesse Vinning, who helped us out of Origins, has been on the program too. And many more out there, Nick, Chris, all the guys out there who kind of help out chime in. Um, love to hear from you. Uh, any questions, comments, suggestions for the show, uh, email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. Like our Facebook page, you can search us on Facebook by typing in at HeroClix Borderlands. Also, let me know if you want to join our team Infinitely Challenged, especially if you're going to be going to Origins. Always looking to expand and look for players to kind of join us. Um, if you have any ideas for new WKO teams, I'm thinking about taking one to hopefully March 3rd, going to Lexington to play in a WKO. Really trying to plan around that. And hopefully Mark can join me too down there. And we don't know yet. We'll find out. See all that. And... Uh, looking for and if you're looking for an online match just let me know and that's about it for the program and i want to remind you you never miss as long as you keep rolling double sixes everybody have a good night